Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. So we're still social distancing. How are you doing, Emer? Love to see you again. I'm doing good. I'm actually trying to venture out now and do a bit more exercise now that we've got a more expanded radius, you know, went from two kilometers and it's ever evolving. At this rate, I'll be able to walk from Dublin to Belfast, no doubt. But anyway, um, so probably uh, need the exercise yeah. now, probably at this stage, don't you? Mm, all the cakes <laughs> I've been baking, you know, um, but yeah. anyway, that's another story. Um So, uh, yeah, I just want to say to everybody there, we hope everybody is safe and sound. Um, We, as I say, are going through the phase, a phasing strategy for exiting COVID-19. And hopefully, as I say, um, Mr. Twyford has something that will, you know, um, make your day even better. Yes. Um, And... uh, it's Please favorite. tell me that there's no sort, no nothing to do with phasing or anything like that. No, 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 no. This is a 100% social media joke. This would pull a smile on your face. Um, okay. I, hope, I hope it does, you know. Um, okay. Okay. I was on to my, my gran last night on the phone and she told me that she is on Twitter. And I said, when did that happen, gran? And she said she bought a birdhouse for the Guardian over the weekend so that she could have a Twitter feed. Oh, it was shocking, isn't it? it really... <laughs> you're, you're granny and you have a lot in common, I tell you, you know. Oh, um, and it all just... I have to say <laughs> is if you find today's social media joke engaging, I didn't, but anyway, and would love more of them, you are in luck. You can catch Phil's previous social media jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping on our podcast on Let's Get Social Show on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and on the Dublin South FM website. So, did you come up with that joke yourself, Philip, or was it just something that you? I, I don't know. I did some. I did some research. I found across. it. I found it on Pinterest, and I thought, "Listen, <laughs> that sounds funny." Obviously, I've got an appalling sense of humour. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure Granny is a lot smarter than that. Yeah, yeah. But um, listen, we're we're not alone today, Emer. Um, no, we're not. We, we have another special guest on, which is fantastic, and I'm delighted to welcome uh, John Aspirian, uh, who is the relentlessly helpful B2B copywriter, an expert in technical copywriting content, and also a LinkedIn whiz. Also has just published a new book called Content DNA, which is essentially, John, given all his best tips on how to define your brand identity, create content that helps you get noticed, remembered, and preferred. And I got to know John because John was the very first person on Twitter to send me a video reply when I thanked him by video for following me. So, John, wonderful to have you on. Let's get social. How are you doing? Well, first of all, thank you very much, Philip and Ema, for having me. Um, I'm doing really well. I'm glad to get my book out into the world and looking forward to our chat. Absolutely. So what did you think of the DNA of Philip's joke? I take it it wasn't great content. <laughs> uh, um, I've heard better, but I can't say too much because I'm not much of a joke teller myself, to be honest. But um, That's the right answer, yeah. John. Keep going. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I feel a little bit reassured now because you asked me to think of a joke as well and it's mine's pretty terrible, yes. but maybe not quite as bad as that one, perhaps. Who knows? Okay, good, good. I like to keep the guests relaxed, you know. So <laughs> far ahead, John, then. Give, so. give, us, give us your effort. 
Um, okay, what do you call a tattoo parlor for social media? I don't know. Do you know, Weimer? Ooh, I don't know. No. Inked in. <laughs> okay. I like that one. Terrible. Okay. Terrible. <laughs> no, well, I will have to say, um, you know, we're, we're keeping trying. I have to say that wasn't bad. Yeah, that was. It wasn't and good. It's, and it's quite topical as well, um, considering what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Too. Obviously not tattoo <laughs> yeah. parlors, but uh, we're I will. Good leader. <laughs> I will try to stick to the lead. day job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we all try, don't we? You know. Yeah. But, but um, um, so yeah, John. I, I I wanted to say, John. Um, I have seen you on online, and again, this is the first time that I've actually spoken to you in a one-to-one. So it's lovely to meet you, as they say. Nice one again. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, we're going to chat about LinkedIn. I think today, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, like certainly, John, uh, you know, you have definitely been an exponent of LinkedIn and using various tactics and tools and tips that have really um, exploded your kind of growth on your post reach and the engagement you get in your posts. And I suppose I just want to lead off, John, you know, what types of content perform best to, as far as you can see on LinkedIn? Yeah, it's it's one of the most popular questions I'm asked, to be honest. And, and I always tell people to try to create Try to create the content that, are, that that helps your ideal audience to answer their problems so you can just get rid of as many hurdles as you can because the point about creating business content is to ultimately to try to sell your services. But if you can do it in a non-salesy way by getting rid of potential objections, mm. um, that's that's a really fantastic way of doing it. So you want to try and be the Wikipedia industry. You know, you want to be your the authority in your space. And um, I recommend in my book, actually, trying to think of content that hits one of five main pillars. So I've got a framework that I call CHAIR, which stands for Challenging, Helpful, Amusing, Interesting, and Relevant. Excellent. So if you, can, if you can create content that hits maybe a couple of those pillars every time you put something out, then you're likely to create something that is going to cause engagement. You'll divide opinion. You'll make someone laugh and want to say something. Uh, you'll pique someone's interest. You'll stay on topic. That kind of that kind of content is is good. What's terrible and what I see a lot of is just people putting bland, boring stuff. You know, hey, hey, here we are at a trade show, or hey, we've just taken on a new employee. Mm. That's not content. No one cares. Yeah. Um, even worse, just being really hard selly. You know, yeah. Um, and, I, and I don't think that works at all. So, so do something a little bit more interesting. That's the way to stand out. So do you think um, it would be a good idea for Philip to uh, put out his jokes on <laughs> Probably not. Might lose. Oh, no. might, uh, they might are lose challenging. <laughs> <laughs> they it are would, challenging. It would be <laughs> personally helpful. authentic if he did it, but yeah, I'm not sure it would build an audience. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably lose my connections, probably. You know, yeah, I'd go into I would hiding. say so. Yeah. Are they, are they are kind of amusing, but anyway, that's another story. Yeah. So um, talking of posting on LinkedIn, um, this, this can be kind of interesting for people because they sometimes wonder, should you put it on every day, put it on weekends or just Monday to Friday? Yeah. When is the best time to post on LinkedIn from your view, John? I've done a lot of testing of this. I've been logging my stats very, very carefully for getting on for two years now, to be honest. And I think that there isn't an ideal time to post. Um, so my own tests show that my most successful days for my content are Saturday and Sunday, which kind of goes against the grain of people thinking, well, LinkedIn is a kind of office based, uh, mm. thing where people will only, 
uh, check in, you know, maybe during the start of their commute or during a lunchtime break. But actually, if you look around LinkedIn, those green lights, those green activity lights mm. go on yeah. all the time. And very often there's less competition for eyeballs on the weekend. So I've got my best results on Saturday and Sunday. Now, that might not be true for everyone, but I wouldn't try and chase an ideal time unless you know that all of your audience is in one geographical location and you know that they're going to be online at a certain time, mm-hmm. then it's fair enough to target them. But if you're trying to build a personal brand, build a kind of worldwide presence, that would be the ultimate goal. It shouldn't really matter where people are based and everyone's times will then be different. So the, the, the key determining factor is how good is the content? How relevant is it? Not the time when you post it. Like I think you said a very interesting there thing as well, John, was the fact that you were tracking and recording and kind of analyzing. And I think that's something that I think as social media marketers and, and businesses who are using not just LinkedIn, but all of the social channels is to sort of to test and to track to see what I posted this time on Monday, this time on Tuesday, these times over the weekend and get a flavor for what seems to be resonating, both content types, video post only like that's another thing that you you've tested very well as well is video image and just text only and i think some of your yeah. text only posts were incredibly performing yeah my, my text only posts average about something like eight thousand views each at the moment which is pretty decent wow. but I, I think it's really wow. important that you do log some of this stuff if not you mm. you know you might not want to go into the nerdy detail that i do but if you don't log anything then essentially you're flying blind Right, And if someone comes to you in six months' time and say, how is it working out? What's working and what isn't working? And you go, hmm, I don't know, really. I'm not sure. I haven't, can't really tell any significant pattern. It mm-hmm. might be because you haven't actually been checking. And maybe you find that your videos get way more views than your text posts. And then, surprise, surprise, you double down on the stuff that's working mm-hmm. and you get better results in the future. So I think if you don't log anything, you're taking a risk that you might just end up wasting your time on social media. And that's the worst thing to do unless it's a hobby, which is perfectly fine. But if you actually want to run a business, um, you need to make every minute count. And and you can do that by kind of tracking what works and what doesn't work. And then just doing more of the stuff that's effective. Yeah. Um, I suppose an interesting area on LinkedIn, uh, which a lot of people gloss over and don't put time into is the maybe a best tipper on LinkedIn headlines. Yeah. So what I say during every LinkedIn profile consultation I do with people is that the most important bit of text is your headline. All copywriters know this. Most people will read the the headline of an article, but then they won't read the article itself and they'll just try and get the gist from the headline and move on right yeah um so you have to keep Mm -hmm. that in mind and bear in mind that as as well as your name and your profile photo which you can't really do too much about either of those um your headline is the only piece of information that follows you around every single screen of linkedin Mm. and so it's really important to get that right and hook people in and i recommend um a formula that breaks the headline into three chunks so linkedin headlines by default can be 120 characters So that's your budget, if you Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. And I break it into three chunks of 40, 60, and 20. And these are the three I's. So you've got interesting, informative, and intriguing. Mm -hmm. So the interesting bit is really your your summary of what value it is that you're putting into the world, what your product or service is, 
spoken in an interesting way, not just mm. a, a plain statement. Yeah. Um, the middle bit is the the informative bit. So that's the 60 characters where you can add things like SEO keywords and extra information that supports the, the 40 character opening statement. And then that leaves you with 20 characters, which is the intriguing bit, or I also call it a bravery badge in my book. That's the conversation starter. That's the thing that's a bit different. That's, you know, some kind of weird hobby that you've got or something about your pets or something that no one would have guessed about you. So that when you connect with people, you've got a, you've got a hook to start a conversation because that's what it's really all about. So interesting, informative and intriguing in three chunks, put that together you'll have a headline that kind of does a bit of everything and, yes. and hopefully gives a good flavor of what so, you're all about. So do you think Philip could put in social media comedian? <laughs> you could give, certainly give it a try. And maybe, yeah. maybe people, will, people will start a DM conversation then with, go on, then tell me there a joke. But, that's, but maybe they wouldn't have said anything if he hadn't have put that in. If he just said yeah. social media consultant based in Ireland or whatever, well, yeah. great. But, but something that gives people a chance, opens the door to conversation, mm. that is that is the the golden part of networking, is talking to people. So mm. anything exactly. you can do yeah. to maximise yeah. that really helps a lot. And, and people like a good sense of humour, I always say. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. you, you don't want to be... Um, so I better not put those jokes on my profile then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, over-promise and under-deliver. I'd be kind of under... But under- do you know what? It might not be the biggest mistake you've ever made. Um, talking True. of uh, biggest mistakes, um, what would you say when it comes to content sharing on LinkedIn, John? Well, whenever I review people's feeds, it's often the case that I see posts that don't go very far and there tend to be shares of links to external blog posts and articles and and Mm. stuff like that. And um, LinkedIn hates things like this. And and this is generally true of all social media. If you think of LinkedIn as a big party Mm. and then you're coming along to that party and going, hey, I've got a better party over here. Just click this thing. Come to my party instead. Hmm. Well, LinkedIn's bouncers hmm. aren't going to want you to take their guests away, are they? You're taking no. them off their platform and therefore no. they might earn less revenue. So anything with a link in it will get trampled on by the algorithm and therefore you'll get rubbish views on your post. But there is a workaround for that, which seems weird, but it does actually work, which is what I call the right post edit method. So whenever you post something where you do want to link to an external piece of content, you post the item without your link you just put the text in and maybe put an image in uh, and then you publish that post and then you wait a few seconds and edit the post and add the link in and then save and what what happened what seems to happen this is very weird but it's like linkedin takes a snapshot of the post in its original state and goes oh this hasn't got a link on it brilliant let's push it out through the network Mm -hmm. And it doesn't pay any attention to what happens during the edit. And it wow. seems stupid. It seems stupid that, that, that such a state of affairs could, could happen. But mm. I made that change after learning of it from someone else uh, two years ago. Mm. And my link-based posts increased in visibility by 10 times. I was like, wow. bloody wow. hell, it really worked. So I was going to say, sometimes people say, oh, put the link in the first comment. That's another way of doing it. But there is a problem with doing that. Because LinkedIn does algorithmic sorting of the comments, when you say, Mm -hmm. I'll put it in in the first comment, if that thread starts to get busy, that first comment becomes the seventh comment and then it becomes the 23rd comment and then it becomes yeah. the 253rd yeah. comment. And then it's lost. And you've got all the links in yeah. the comment and it's lost. And also, 
algorithmic sorting is relevant is relative to the person viewing so what what appears as your seventh comment might be someone's tenth comment right. because it's what's relevant to them so you can't even go oh it's here now or it's right. above or it's mm. below there, mm-hmm. there is none of that yeah. because it's all relative to the viewer so wow. that method isn't good unless you've only got a few comments and then it's obvious where it is but yeah. if you yeah. if you get any kind of engagement that's not a good way of doing it it's much better to use the method i've said where you edit the post add the link into the body text it'll be more visible that way and this tip has worked for more than two years now and amazingly it continues to work maybe linkedin will stop it eventually but right now um it's working fine and it's been the the number one way of getting external content seen through linkedin posts that's a great tip i suppose in relation to uh posting on linkedin do you have any tips in relation to how often someone should post on LinkedIn? Yeah, so that's another common question I get from people who are relatively new to the platform. How often should I post on this thing if I'm going to bother at all? And I tell new people that they should post sort of at least once or twice a week. But the most important thing to do in in accompanying that is to try and comment on many more posts than that. And I recommend a ratio of one to five. If you post once, comment five times if you post twice comment 10 times Um, because what that does is it increases your visibility with people in your second and third level tier the people who are not directly connected with you but they might be connected with the people on whose posts you are commenting and that exposes you to those people so you take time to not just write a short message like you know great post well done see you soon kind of thing but actually put in a few sentences where you genuinely add to the debate and show some authority and if you align that with a good intriguing headline those two things when people in the second and third level see you they'll be much more interested in clicking through and getting to know you more so try and comment a couple uh, post at least a couple of times a week and comment about five times as much as that the thing to remember is that linkedin posts have got a much longer shelf life than on any other social media. So whereas you might be able to get away with doing 15 tweets in a day, you would absolutely never, ever do that on LinkedIn. I would say a maximum of two posts a day. And I I do only one post a day, but a maximum of two. So you can kind of work out what what the boundaries are from that. Because what you you don't want is for your posts engagement to kind of cross streams, because LinkedIn will not promote two posts heavily at the same time from the same person so if one of your posts does well and then you try and post something right next to it and expect that to to fly as well well one of them is going to crush the other and, right. and you wasted it so you might as well just wait yeah. uh, maybe a day or two for a really popular post to kind of settle down a bit before posting the next one so otherwise basic- you're wasting effort yeah i was going to say so basically quality not quantity and be social on linkedin yeah. yeah, definitely. So don't think about posting too much, but do think certainly about commenting a lot because there's there's no kind of limit on the number of mm. comments you can put out and that will just get you a lot more visibility from people you aren't connected with. And those people you're not connected with are your potential customers of the future. So you want to be exposed to those people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do that. Yeah, so and very mu- yeah, and very much so, I suppose, be strategic in your commenting. So if there's particular people that you really want to engage with or in a niche that you're you're looking to target, you know, 
be engaging on those people. Yeah, well, it's, it's something that a lot of people forget is that every mm. time you like something or you comment on something, yeah. there is a potential for that activity to be referred into the feed of someone else. And it'll say, John Asperian liked this or John Asperian commented on this. Right. If I'm, if I'm commenting on stuff that's just not relevant to anyone mm. or not interesting or not, you know, in some way valuable, mm. all I'm doing is referring rubbish into other people's feeds. Yeah. And they'll yeah. just unfollow me. Mm. I don't want that. Yeah. I, I want to, I want to talk about things like websites and copywriting and LinkedIn and some techie tips. Yeah. So that people keep getting that flavor of, oh look, he shared something interesting. He's commented on something. I never knew about that tool. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. that's the impression that you want to give to people, not you know, commenting on stupid, silly stuff or, or like offensive things or yes. anything that just doesn't add value. If you, if you, if you refer that stuff into people's feeds, they're going to unfollow you. And that's a nightmare because once someone's unfollowed you, there's, there's very little chance that they'll follow you back again and then yeah. you've lost them. Yes. Excellent point, John. Excellent. Um, th- one thing I wanted to say, um, people do ask me about it now. I mean, I, I don't uh, focus purely, you know, as I say, you, you look on LinkedIn, I would look at some of the other channels, but, um, and it would be a different way of looking at things. But how do you view, how do you view kinds work on LinkedIn? Yeah. Okay. So this is another topic of confusion because LinkedIn counts views in different ways, depending on what kind of content it is. So that the, the main kind of content would be something like a text post or an image post, or maybe a document post. And those are counted based on something called impressions, which just means that the content has been loaded into the feed. And so it could have been seen Ah. But if you're on your, let's say you're on your mobile and you're scrolling million miles an hour, post, 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 you're not really stopping to read anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's loaded. That counts as a view, but that person might just have scrolled by and not read anything. Right. So the, uh-huh. those views are a very low value because you've got no guarantee that someone's actually stopped to read the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. The next layer up is a true view, which is something like a video view, because those are counted only after three seconds of watching. So if you mm-hmm. if you think about scrolling through your mobile feed, uh, but then pausing because a video is going and you think, oh, that's interesting, and you've paused long enough for three seconds to go by, mm-hmm. that tells LinkedIn, oh, hang on, there's something interesting here. They've actually looked at this. Maybe they didn't stay the whole way, but they, they've at least looked at it. So that view is much more powerful than a text impression, which might not have been read at all. Right. And then the final kind of view is the hardest to get of, of the lot, which is views of articles and profiles. And the reason that they're the hardest to get is because they involve a click. And yeah. any copywriter will tell you on the web, yeah. the hardest thing to do is to get someone to click on something. So you can't view right. an article without clicking on it. You can't view a profile without clicking on it. So those mm-hmm. numbers will always be lower than text view impressions because th- th- we're not comparing the same thing. Yes. The, the other important thing to note about video views which a lot of people don't realize is that a video view is worth the equivalent of about five times a text view. Okay. And the reason we know this is because on company pages, company page analytics will tell you how many impressions a video post got, and it will tell you how many three second views a post got. And the ratio between them is always five to one. So in other words, if you get a video that has a thousand views, that is equivalent of a text post getting 5,000 views. 
So if you'd wow. be happy with your text post getting 5,000 views, and then you go, oh, but my videos aren't doing as well. They are probably doing as well or even better mm -hmm. because of that five to one ratio. And of course, you've got the other benefits of someone looking at a video of yours. They can see your body language. They can, mm. they can get your visual brand. Um, they can learn more about you in a quicker period of time through video. So yes. it's got all sorts of value. So I think getting on video uh, which is something Philip's done really, really well, you know. Thanks, um, John. Is, 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 yeah, it, it, it's just a, a way of getting yeah. it's a way of getting to know the other person. Even if you're only on there for 30 seconds, it's just mm -hmm. so, so powerful. So even despite me being a writer, I just see the value of getting on video and, and showing a bit of personality through that route. So don't discount low video views, article views, and profile views. They are worth a lot more than just pure okay. text and, and image views. Like it's interesting um... – like, yes, I definitely, I have found ever since I embraced video on my LinkedIn profile, it has, uh, it's raised my brand profile enormously. Um, mm. And plus it's the type of content that I do like to create. But I suppose something that I've always, um, I like I sort of have one for my own, but I don't, is a company page. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on posting from a company page? Yeah, so that's another really common question. Everyone wants to try and get a company page and drive engagement through it. But in reality, the LinkedIn algorithm responds to what people respond to and engage with. So if you're sharing content from a company page that's usually got a logo as the profile image, you'll find that very few people like and comment and share that kind of content. Mm -hmm. And therefore, yeah. the algorithm learns, well, this isn't doing very well. Let's not push it out to more people. And over time, that pattern repeats itself. And so that company content doesn't ever really get out into the uh, environment, the LinkedIn network as much. Mm -hmm. But content that's shared from personal profiles does get loads more engagement because you're engaging with a person. Yes. Right? So what's actually best to do, although a lot of companies just aren't brave enough to do this, mm -hmm. is instead of saying, right, let's funnel everything through our company page, post all of our content there, what they ought to do is kind of empower the personal brands, mm -hmm. um, you know, so that each person is posting relevant content, but through their own personal profile. Yes. And that will reach a much, much bigger audience. So that is actually the best way of doing it rather than funneling everything through a company page. Well, I just wanted to quickly ask you, because as I say, um, I, I, I do have a company page. I don't really use it enough. So I may have to go back and have a look at that. But what's your, say your best advice for building a better LinkedIn presence? Yeah, I think the most important thing you can do is start more conversations. Two routes for doing that. Public conversations, which means mm -hmm. comments, you know, comments yeah. on your own posts, but also on yeah. other people's posts and also more direct messages. So when you connect with someone, make an effort to say hello, try and start a conversation, read their profile and see if you've got any commonality. Because if you can start more conversations, mm -hmm. you're more likely to have your content referred into the feed of that person. So they're more likely to see your content because LinkedIn goes, oh, they're chatting to each other. They must have a close connection, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So if you can start those conversations, you'll have more chance of being seen. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? More visibility, more mm. people knowing who you are, and therefore more people checking out your profile, connecting with you, and a certain proportion of those will ultimately turn into your customers. And that's where all the business comes. So more conversations leads to more money in the end. So wow. Emer, don't stop talking. Unlike don't ever stop talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some other people would prefer if I did, but anyway, that's another story. Wow. Um, um, 
Well, well, John, listen, I'll be honest with you, I, uh, I, I can't believe, uh, you know, Ema, I'm sure the same, this interview has flown because we're, we're, yeah, com- we're, coming to, we're coming to the end and we could talk to you for a whole lot longer because uh, you've got a wealth of knowledge. So I think, John, we'd love to get you back on the show at a later time. Definitely. To, to talk and even um, maybe drill down into some other nuggets and maybe look at your book as well, Content DNA. That's available, isn't it, on Amazon, etc.? It is, uh, yeah. It came website. out in late April on uh, on Amazon. So paperback and ebook are out now, and the audiobook is going to be following shortly. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, well, John, listen, all I can say is, you know, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, what you have laid down as some tips today, uh, I have learned a huge amount, things that I never thought of or even would have even thought to have looked at. So thank you so much. Yeah, I think, uh, Emer, you're the same. I think it's been a... I am. I like that link tip, the tip yeah. about editing and putting your link back in. I, I think that's an amazing um, thing never to, heard to, that uh, one. to never give heard it a go. That one. Yeah. Yeah, never heard that yeah. one before. Neither had um, I. Neither had I. So, um, um, and again, I have to say, John, thank you very much for your joke. Um, Mr. Twyford always hopes the people that do come on will go, no, no, I don't have a joke. No, no, no. And get out yeah. of it. But... Uh, <laughs> You John, manned up. You did you it. So thank you very much. Um, yeah. I suppose, John, just the final thing, where would you like if people want to check you out? And definitely I'd say to people, if you're listening, check John out, connect on LinkedIn, look at his profile, get onto his website. Where would you like people to go and find out? Yeah, well, I, th- I think LinkedIn's the best place to find me. And because I've got such an unusual surname, if you search only on my surname, Esperian, then you'll be able to find me. And if you do, please send me a note with your invitation, because I always like to know where people have found me. So just say that you've seen or heard uh, Philip and Ema's show, and then we'll, we'll go from there and have a nice chat. Great. Okay, well, um, I suppose all I can say is, John, thank you so much for joining us. I've been Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer, uh, Social Media Management and Strategy. And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. And we will be back again with another exciting guest and show for Let's Get Social. So definitely stay tuned. Bye.